This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. This is Arjun welcoming you to this edition of Secrets to Win Big. I love to win, but I've always found if you get into a position to win big, it helps you sustain the win over and over again and successive wins become so much easier. And in this podcast, it's truly a pleasure to bring to you conversations with leaders from all walks of life, from all over the world. And the reason it is very important to me is I've realized that each one of us are different. Our leadership goals are different, paths are different, and that's the reason this incredible conversation and nuggets are really priceless to me, and I enjoy sharing them with you. In that spirit today, today, my VIP guest is Subrata Datta. Subrata is the president of Asia Pacific and Middle East, Samsonite Asia Limited, part of the $3.5 billion company in the business of travel and lifestyle products. His past accomplishments are he's a high impact leader in global and Indian consumer product business with over 30 years experience in India, Asia, and Russia. A turnaround expert with track record of turning around several diverse businesses and affecting, affecting multiple fold growth in stagnant businesses. And as you start looking at is, before I share more, you'll start seeing there's a pattern of big impact in big mega brands at a global level, sometimes building on the momentum or sometimes turning around a stagnant business. And that makes Subrata's experience quite fascinating. There are a couple of more things to look at. Is Subrata before that held the CEO's role for Five India Overseas Private Limited, the company growing worldwide in the business of apparels, home furnishings, furniture, personal care, and health foods. And the key thing to look at is as he has taken over the growth of this brand, this is a very strong brand in India as a leader and how he took the brand beyond, that would be very important for us to know. Finally, he's a high impact leader of Himalaya Herbal Healthcare, Pepsi Foods Limited, Let Me Limited and other organizations. Subrata Dutta, it's truly a pleasure, my friend, to invite you and have you here at Secrets to Win Big. Hey, thank you, Arjun, for having me here. It was actually embarrassing going through the entire spiel you gave about my biodata. I'm surely not a VIP. And I'm really privileged to be here at the Arjun Sen Secrets to Win Big. Thank you. So, Subrata, first of all, the moment any one of us talk about luggage right now, some of us may even think, what is luggage? Because from a layman's point of view, you know, Samsonite products are connected to international and national travel business, and that has been so hit, hard hit by COVID. Like, I can't believe, like, when was the last time my 
luggage and myself, we even saw each other. Maybe at some point we need to go into some therapy. So how are you keeping the brand vibrant during these current times and get ready to come out stronger than before in a new normal? Now, surely these are uh, tough times for anyone in the business which has anything remotely got to do something with travel. Uh, and definitely our business has been uh, hit to begin with. But there are three, four aspects here. One is that uh, we are not just about travel. We are about travel and lifestyle. So half our business is about travel goods and the other half is about products which you need on a day-to-day -day basis for going to office, for going out on a leisure trip, for going out hiking. And uh, therefore that part of the business is not so badly impacted. It's doing quite well, actually. Uh, we've got a diverse range of brands, starting with Samsonite, Tumi, American Tourister, Gregory, uh, Lipo, Hartman. So depending on the circumstances, different uh, brands do differently. Mm -hmm. And we are, of course, a very global organization. So as you know, coronavirus has been hitting the world, but there are some countries which are more impacted and some which are less. So the job right now is to make the most of what we have. And I think we are doing that. We've been cost rationalizing a lot. We are making the company uh, prepared for what they call the cliche term, the new normal, I would call the future. And uh, yeah, life is not so bad, but it's been very tough. So I love you. Uh, you know, this part of the world origin in Asia, uh, you may have heard this. Uh, there's a saying that challenge and opportunity are kind of the two sides of the same coin. In fact, if I remember correctly, one friend had told me that when you write it in a certain script, they look almost similar. Wow. So we believe that this challenge is actually going to be an opportunity for us. It will make our company much more resilient. Uh, I'm not hoping bad for anyone, but at the same time, we are a very strong player. Weaker players may not have as good a luck as we have. So we may end up with a larger share of a smaller market. And uh, we, we are actually not unduly worried about the future. And if I stretch it a little further, as I remember, Arjun, you are an aeronautical engineer, aren't you? Yes, sir. And uh, as an aeronautical engineer, you'll uh, remember that we talk about headwinds. Mm -hmm. And uh, an aircraft takes off only when there's a headwind. Mm -hmm. So I look at this coronavirus somewhat like a headwind where it helps us to fly. I love that. And I'm really glad you brought reference to my aeronautical engineering. And I'm asked this question over and over again, what is an aeronautical engineering doing in the branding field? And I just remind everybody that every aircraft every day doesn't have to take off. But if you take off landing, safely is non-negotiable. And that's the part where I take pride by saying that any brand message, you don't have to have a brand message, but if you have a brand message, that's what Aeronautical taught me is, you must land on the heart of every customer every time for a feeling. But again, thanks for drawing reference to my aerospace engineering, and I just had to bring some justification explanations out. So, Subrata, let's talk a little bit about Samsonite a little more, okay? With all the multiple brands you talked about, when you established, joined, Samsonite was already a very established brand, okay? So, what was your strategy to take an established brand forward? We'll talk about turnover, you know, turnover situations, turnarounds a little later, but 
how do you take a brand that was already had momentum how do you build it take you forward uh, like i told you one has to understand uh, what one has and uh, like i mentioned to you samsonite has uh, always been privileged to be a multi brand company mm-hmm. so uh, when you have a multitude of brands and you fit them to a country mm-hmm. so uh, for example samsonite has always been very strong in united states of america as over the last many years it has been the go to brand for anyone wanting to travel with a product Mm-hmm. but uh, when we launched in india in asia for example we realized that uh, india was net, not ready for samsonite really the price point of samsonite being what it is and the kind of offering that samsonite had it wasn't fitting so we had another brand in our portfolio called american tourister a very mm-hmm. strong brand which we had acquired some time back so we said that the india strategy will be led by american tourister mm-hmm. and that really worked because we got an american tourister as the e brand in india and uh, communicated it very well very strongly and the moment we started doing that we found that uh, we had actually been able to position american tourister which we called the tough international luggage and that was a very strong proposition in the indian environment when uh, as an indian one would expect a lot of toughness in the bag it's not just about style and uh, in a way we know that's the reality that indians do get enamored a little when there's something international mm-hmm. and they also uh, value something which is valued across the world so this really worked for american tourists in india at that stage and we got success in india if we would have tried to do it with samsonite maybe we would not have been so successful likewise in countries like japan we've got a brand gregory which mm-hmm. is into outdoor products between gregory and tumi in japan we have uh, 60 70% contribution to our total business so one, one has to really look at uh, what the market construct is and accordingly what we have and fit the two so that's what we've been doing and of course apart from that there are uh, many other uh, uh, points which we really took into account the biggest one which is a little philosophical was that earlier we used to have a tendency of saying that if this is the large market pie let's mm-hmm. say 100 mm-hmm. out of that what is the market which is above a certain market size certain price value sorry and uh, let's say you take only 100 dollar plus for a cabin bag as your market and then you say you've got a market share of 60% in that mm-hmm. that's one way of looking at it nothing wrong but we said that no anyone who has any intent to travel is our customer so suddenly your market becomes much larger to look at and uh, i know i mean some of my friends used to at that stage say that if someone is traveling without a bag just packing everything in a box that's also my customer i need to have a brand to address to that and capture the uh, mind of that consumer and therefore the wallet of that consumer mm-hmm. so we we started looking at the market in a much larger perspective and that So to me I think you know these are a few fascinating things Subrat one is you talked about was an indian market in a way i look at is you the positioning was somewhat triangulated on one side you found a feature that is very important in india and you communicated like india it's not durable it's not you know guaranteed it's very tough you know that whole part that you how you communicated 
then the whole name on how you brought the establishment and then brought everything together as you start building that. So I feel, feel that that's a great example. And then of course, Arjun, just to interrupt uh, the other key part is that when you say all this thing is one thing, and then of course you have to live up to the promise. Mm -hmm. And that happens over a period of time when you live up to the promise through your service warranty, through how you treat your customers, limited number of problems subsequently with the right kind of service, uh, what you do inside your factory to ensure that the quality is right, uh, each bag, how it is tested per batch in terms of uh, the wheels, in terms of the handles. So there's a lot of stress which one bag out of a batch has to go through so as to really satisfy us that this is really worthy of reaching the hands of a consumer. So quality one cannot compromise. Absolutely. And so to me, I think that's a great take on branding. To me, I think even though you talked about building a very strong brand and, you know, love the sneak peek behind how it was established and introduced. But the success, as you're talking about, is the delivery of service and living up the promise and love how you took it down the supply chain all the way down to how you produce and ensure through testing. So I really think that that's the whole secret to sustaining a brand promise. Now, I really think that we have talked a lot about luggage. Now let's talk about, you know, a little cheesy, but what goes in the luggage, you know, clothing. And that's the part where you have amazing experience in Fab India. You know, anybody who is not only from India, but travels to India, and now also in US in some of the lead cities, Fab India has become clearly known as that defined brand where people pay nearly US, whatever the normal high dollar value for quality clothing. And that's what Fab India has achieved. So for a unique brand defined by its path, both as niche product and also its heritage and its retail outlets, what was the secret to growing the, growing the brand both nationally and then taking it outside US, uh, outside India? <clears throat> Let me first be honest here that Fab India uh, was not a difficult task. Uh, Fab India, as you know, Arjun, from your experience in India has been a very unique brand in India and subsequently abroad. Uh, it tells the story of India. It's got the right amount of heritage, it's got the right story, and it's got the right mission. And it's a company with a purpose, where uh, the purpose is to take the craft from the artisans of India and uh, take it out to the consumers over there and effectively celebrate India in a unique way. So uh, as far as the message is concerned, there was nothing to be done. Just the question of taking the message out there and uh, using some kind of an amplifier and amplifying it so that more number of people can hear it. So how do you do that? And the first step, of course, was we increased the uh, number of stores drastically. We increased the size of the stores so that the entire shopping could become much more experiential for the consumer. Uh, we started working much more on the merchandise, as we call it, the merchandise planning and the entire process of editing and curating. So mm -hmm. that what you give to the consumer is very crisp and very uh, to the point 
and at the same time making the shopping experience easy and uh, we started expanding also through a fleet of uh, business partners which we call the franchisees so the moment we started doing all this we got the coverage increased almost three four times so instead of one person hearing the wonderful story of fam india we started getting five or six people hearing the same story and experiencing it and that really helped and once we had done this in the first maybe one and a half year or so then we got into bigger communication we got into mass communication as well and that's when we really managed to take the story of fab india the goodness of fab india out there into the deep corners of the country so uh, i repeat again fab india the best part was that it was a company which was having the right um intent and the right purpose and it was just about amplifying the story so i love and, that and the part of course was i must mention this here in the same breath that fab india had one of the most awesome uh workforce that i've come across uh fab india first of all it was uh, i must i remember this very uh, fondly uh, this was one company i joined and i jokingly said that we must correct the gender imbalance uh there, there were 90% women folk in the company extremely uh, inspired extremely sincere and extremely committed so uh, there would be people that fab india would employ after they've started working at the age of maybe 40 45 they first taking care of their house and then now they wanted to work and all these people were out there in a hurry to prove themselves so it was a lot about mobilizing channelizing this entire force mm-hmm. and getting them to deliver what they always wanted to deliver for fab india which was reaching it out to everyone and doing it properly so let me ask you a follow up question you talked about you know one of the things you talked about growth and at that point of time i think you know you also talked about the shopping experience made it easy but also as you grew you put the franchises in you know on one side a company with such a clear heritage story and mission at the same time also having such an amazing culture which was not being faked it was like born with it authentic and grew into how they took care of people what was the you know secret behind finding that franchisee and let's say all the way in plano texas or in new york in us or other parts of the world who lives the brand culture and continues the experience it's something like a 50-50 approach 50% uh, lies in uh, selecting and tying up with a franchisee who has a similar ethos and the other 50% is over a period of time uh, getting the franchisee to learn about the company and mm-hmm. therefore genuinely get convinced in what the company is trying to do mm-hmm. so um, I, i know again a very cliched indian statement perhaps but something like a marriage i mean you first get to like minded people together and then over a period of time they learn about each other and get closer to each other so uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, contacts which were ensured between the company and the franchisee and uh, that led to the franchisee getting really committed that what he or she is doing is really making a difference and uh, we 
Fabindia has had a lot of success with the franchisees. Love that. And to me, I just have to, again, I have no direct connections with Fabindia. I just have to talk about a special, amazing moment was in Dallas, Texas, a family gathering, uh, you know, baby's first birthday occasion. And of course, we of Indian origin find every reason to celebrate. My sister-in-law, her daughter's husband, amazing human being, he just realized that all of us have amazing clothes for this evening occasion. He just didn't plan. And he is a very fit human being with long hands, like something little different. Okay. So of course we go to Fab India. And what I loved was how they literally saw the very fact three of us are there to take care of so-called the son-in-law in the family who in Indian culture is very special. The level of pampering that he got and he changed and tried maybe seven, eight different things. And there was no urgency, calmness, nothing. Nobody got irritated. And it just left us with such an amazing experience. And we all felt so proud. And if, you know, if a retail store allowed me to tip, I would have tipped that day a lot of money because of the family pride and the moment they created. So I really appreciate the work all of you have done and had to share a particular story about the brand. Thank so, you, Arjun. Every time I hear good stories about retail, uh, be it in my own company, Samsonite or Fab India, or be it outside, I feel very proud because I think there's a lot of detailing which goes into retail. There's a lot of um, dedication which is there. Imagine a person who's working in that store from morning 10 o'clock till evening 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. standing on one's feet and uh, doing the same work day in, day out and remaining the same inspired self every time when a consumer walks in, it's it's a fantastic job. So I think this is my moment of paying a tribute to all my retailer friends. So I, you know, I would not let you get away with the tribute so easy. You know, Subrata, with you are so passionate and the tribute came so far so much from your heart. You know, if any one of us are trying to get into retail industry, what does it take, Subrata, to be a little different, you know, to have that pride that you have in the retail industry? Like, what does it take to be so successful in the retail industry? I think the first requirement is uh, to want to do it, to be there to uh, make people happy. Mm. And I know I've asked this question to many successful uh, store managers when I go and meet them during my daily beat. And I ask them that, why do you do this job? And majority of the time, they actually say that, we love to meet consumers. We love to be with them. And uh, every moment that a consumer walks in, whether the consumer buys or does not buy, is a moment for them which they cherish, they enjoy. And uh, the second part, of course, is real down to the brass tacks, which is someone who's willing to get into detail, someone who's willing to end the day after doing all this happy work by doing mundane stuff like stock count and money count and stuff like that. So it's a real combination of being passionate about the consumer and being detailed about every single thing in the store, be it the positioning of a mannequin in the store or be it the little bit of dust peck on the window. Everything has to catch the attention of the retailer. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You know, to me, with my experience in hospitality, one of the things I have found was I was working with a client and we were trying to recruit the right kind of team member. And the thing that baffled the heck out of me was they were 
interviewing all these future rock star team members sitting in a conference around the conference table because to me i don't know what you my energy is totally different when i'm standing and i'm a totally different person when i'm sitting and especially when you hire a person for a role you want to test that person in that role so why don't you do the interview standing like even you know it's like again it could be a bad example in us but still you know if you have a cricket player or even if i go to baseball here the person who is the bowler or the pitcher you don't want them to practice having him bat in that journey so to me as i start going through is this becomes very important to start looking at the skills but i really appreciate you talking about the two blend of the two skills that was very important as you look at and what i also realized from your talking was your sharing was that the mundane tougher job when needs attention to details comes at the end it's like at the end of a meal if my mom asked me to eat vegetables after finishing my dessert that's the real challenge so i really appreciate thank you for sharing that or or, or it's even more than that urgent it's at the end of the meal my wife asked me to do the dishes <laughs> and i have to happily do it <laughs> so i just got a commitment from shurutho that he happily would be doing the dishes absolutely the next few years so in every in every position where the situation requires a rapid turnaround or a growth you have always achieved big wins okay so let me look at is when you join any company what's your secret to getting a team aligned you just you know talked about little bit earlier but i just want to go back by saying let's look at you joined samsonite or fab india or any of the amazing organizations before what's your secret from day one subhath that you get people aligned to deliver results together okay this let me let me think and answer this because uh, it's not an easy one at the same time it's quite easy i think the first important secret is the first 30 days and the first 100 days are very important mm -hmm. so the first i always say that the first 30 days are important because that's when anything which is not right or anything which needs a change will strike you immediately i mean you just can't miss it it will be striking you almost like you come back from outside and you find that your main door is completely open and you know that something is wrong something has gone inside so that's the first 30 days you have to really look at all this but you can't act so you have to write it down somewhere that these are the things which strike you as odd and from the 30 days to the 100 days is really when you need to start acting on them because i believe that after 100 days uh i put it jokingly but very seriously i think after 100 days a person becomes part of the system so nothing strikes him or her as odd anymore everything becomes like it's okay what's wrong so that's the importance of the first 30 days and the 100 days 30 days is for you to notice what all seems to be amiss and keep a note of it and from the 31st day to the 100th day start acting on them one by one by one then going further into it of course the most important part would be to start with a positive mindset because if you believe it can be done you can make people believe it can be done and that really is uh, easier said than done because very often you'll yourself feel that oh this looks so difficult this looks so impossible then how do you go and convince someone but that's the first step 
the second step is uh, i would say linked to uh, newton's first law which is all about everybody continues to be in a state of uh, motion or rest unless compelled to do otherwise by someone else so everyone has this inertia and uh, the inertia can be both in stagnance or in uh, motion so there will be some places in the company where you'll find there's a lot of inertia of rest nothing seems to be moving so going there and giving that right push is very important on the other hand there'll be some other places where you'll find that someone is constantly doing the same thing mindlessly without thinking day in day out and that process can be changed completely and then the company can do better that employee may become happier as well so that is a state of motion so you go there and get the person to stop for a while just say that stop let's see what you're doing and then start all over again so that would be the second very important thing which is just uh, making that change stopping that inertia uh, the third would be um, conflicts you know some people are uh, afraid of conflicts and some people know how to align the conflict If I take once again an example from, um, oh, today is my day of going back to engineering. Yes, but uh, if I again take an example from Newton's second law, which says that uh, when you apply force, all that is fine, but work gets done when you apply force and something moves. Remember this, Arjun? Mm-hmm. So, uh, in life also, very often you'll find that. there will be two persons pushing the goal but nothing is moving because they are pushing from two opposite ends mm-hmm. because they both believe that that's their job they both believe that by proving the other colleague wrong they are achieving something mm-hmm. at that stage of the leader goes and tries to tell them no 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 look arjun you are pushing from the wrong end instead of pushing from east to west push from west to east and help your brother he may not be willing to do it because it will take him a while to reconcile that what he was doing was not right so alignment is all about moving them a little if they were pushing like this can they both push like this and then there'll be some movement and the moment they start not pushing exactly against each other but a little aligned pushing and the goal starts moving they'll themselves be surprised and happy that okay something is happening and nothing delights a professional as much as end result and automatically we find that when that happens they start realizing the virtue of working together aligning together and the results start keep kind of showing on its own so one can't just go and tell two colleagues that no 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 what you're doing is entirely wrong you have to change your way completely so alignment is about just doing it gradually so that part is about the conflict on the other hand i believe that conflicts are very important because any company where everyone is very happily agreeing with each other is not good one has to have conflict but it's just a question of how do you use that conflict again somewhat like the proverbial headwind that we were talking about mm-hmm. and making it work in the right direction for the company then um yeah i think these are the important parts then I, I would also definitely talk about uh, being very clear about the 
because the company has to be very clear about what purpose they're serving. Be clear about means and end, as in what is the end purpose, and be clear that okay, the means are not something that should be celebrated as the end objective. Mm -hmm. So uh, the means also should not be such that they justify the end. Be very clear about that. And uh, the last one, Arjun, is uh, perhaps the most important thing I've learned in the recent past, which is all about data. Now, uh, the world today is talking about big data, big data, and uh, that, that's what is kind of driving all of us. Very important. But at the same time, managers, I've seen so often get so much of data, so much of data that they get confused. Now, how do you cull out information from data in today's world when you're getting uh, reams and reams of data coming to you? How do you make it into something which can be interpreted correctly as information and then act upon it rather than just celebrating that I'm getting all the data in my company at my desk every day is the biggest challenge. And if all this can be done quickly, if all this can be achieved, again, going back to the 100 days thing, then one gets results in a year, two, and so on. So I love the so concept of, yes, I love the concept of how you talked about 30 days, 100 days. And, you know, that is a great concept. And I have heard about the similar concept in very successful in politics, because anytime you come in, people just watch you and you have those. But I, I love the way I, you broke it down into the first 30 to observe, write it down, and then seven, you know, that way, just like a carpenter, you measure multiple times and then 30 to 100, that's when you're acting on it before you become. And the alignment thing also really hit home because a mentor of mine told me that one way to maximize on conflict, what he talks about is the third point. If I want to go to one and you want to go to two and both of us are fighting, why don't we both together push to three and once it moves, I love that, that whole thing about seeing it move where we just haven't made it move for a while. It's, you know, people love real success. Oh so yeah, I believe in that completely, Arjun, that inherently human beings Mm -hmm. They love success. Mm -hmm. And when they see a little success coming, they are inspired to achieve more success. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, you know, you have been working globally on building global brands. Okay. So what's the more common misconception about building global brands based on your experience you want to break the myth or debunk? Uh, Arjun, here, uh, I, I would confess that I have not worked in real luxury end. So maybe what I'm saying will not apply to that. But I strongly believe that uh, the biggest myth for which a global brand has to break so as to be successful globally is uh, that the brand should not change at all or the products should not change at all from country to country. So I firmly believe that a good brand which goes global, must mm -hmm. be willing to keep the DNA intact, the core intact, but beyond that, it should be willing to change depending on the requirements and needs of a country. Got it right. has to adapt. And if it doesn't, then 
It so shows what changes, what changes from country to country? The DNA doesn't change, but what changes? The uh, individual, if I go into details, be willing to change the product set a little bit, be right. willing to modify the product so as to need, uh, suit the needs of the country. For example, uh, when we uh, move from a Japan to an India, for example, uh, in Japan, if the consumer is uh, wanting more of the small size packs, which are very compact, then give that. Mm -hmm. But when you go to India, the consumer needs the bigger space to give that. If you know that in India, the consumer is going to be uh, traveling more by train, then put that much of focus on the wheels and the durability in terms of where the wheel is going to go over. But in other places, when you know that it's more for air travel, then you focus much, much more on the weight and right. so on. In terms of then colors, for example, a color which may work very well in Australia mm -hmm. may not work at all in a Japan or a Korea. Uh, the shapes, like a Korean, we know the backpack shapes have to be a certain uh, more rectangular and more sleek. And uh, that may not be something which the Indian consumer may be wanting. But one has to be constantly willing to make these adaptations and changes. But what one cannot sacrifice would be that basic DNA, which would be, of course, quality, which would be, of course, the purpose of the brand. And so the core brand promise, what the brand stands for and how you fulfill it. Got it. So, Subrata, you know, amazing career, amazing impact. So who are you know, two to three people who have been most influential in your journey to get to here and beyond? First person comes to mind would be my mother. Uh, my mother was, uh, like most mothers, the most awesome person. So uh, she was very balanced. Uh, she had never uh, worked on a career. But I think if she would have joined a profession, she would have been most outstanding leader in that company. She knew how to really empathize with people. And she was always wanting to learn. I mean, uh, she passed away in 2010. But uh, in those days in India, mobiles were new. She was already into SMSing and stuff. So I can well imagine if she were to be alive today, she would have been heavily into uh, Beats and Instagram and stuff. And Zooming. I yep. learned a lot. Uh, and Zooming, of course. <laughs> I learned a lot from her. And uh, without, without even realizing, she taught me a lot. Mm. And uh, the other person, again, uh, closer to today, I would put my daughter. Because uh, it's awesome how she manages to fit in so much into a day. And uh, how she constantly gets more out of life. I mean, always uh, knowing what she wants and always multitasking and always we keep talking about as professionals that work-life balance. I think uh, I, I'm learning from her how she does her work superbly and at the same time she ends up getting entire joy out of life every day. So yeah, I would, I would definitely talk about these two persons. I, mean, I think, you know, talking about mothers, I think you know, it really is touches a chord because same way, my mother is one of the most amazing organizers ever. 
like no, you know we have a very big family on my mother's side five brothers seven sisters we are already i think 40 plus cousins and next generation is even growing to any wedding my mom is the person who has project management to everything in her mind no laptop nothing and the same thing is my mother in law again you know i say mother in law just to define her but to me she is amma is the level of energy passion and caring for every person i really feel that this is for all of us is inspiration and also you talked about your daughter i'm also very fortunate like inspiration is so close to home we just have to open our eyes and see it and thanks for reminding us what we shouldn't take for granted you know you are just yeah. uh, in fact i must mention i mean i have had the privilege of meeting raka your daughter mm-hmm. and she's one more very awesome person that i have come across thank you raka would appreciate that so you are listening to secrets to win big with arjun sen today is truly an honor to have this conversation with my vip guest and my very good friend subrata datta president asia pacific and middle east samsonite asia limited in a part of a 3.5 billion company in the business of travel and lifestyle products but the conversation what has really hit home thus far is subrata's deep caring and understanding so to me i think some of us understand but don't care but some of us care but don't but getting into that lethal energy and that's where he talked about not the goal but the means and the path is equally important shubhato this last section is a rapid question with three to seven word answers are you ready as you know i, <clears throat> I can never keep something within three to seven words but i'll try okay that's good <laughs> enough you get extra couple of words but over 10 you know zoom starts doing acting is bizarre okay <laughs> so what would be in the dna of any brand that wants to be a global brand yeah like i mentioned uh, it has to be a strong core on the purpose of the brand okay love that So now let's go beyond building a global brand. Let's talk about leadership because you have been an amazingly successful leader inspiring people to success. What will be your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be a successful leader? Be fair, be transparent with your colleagues, empower them, trust them, but have <clears throat> a few controls and checks have to be in place and always tell face the always tell and face the truth i really think that is so important and if i would be allowed to add one more thing i would say be your own judge what do you mean by that will you give me 10 yeah, more words absolutely take 15 20 so, arjun i mean you, i remember you as a sportsman so you remember that in uh, cricket a bowler gets to know even before the ball reaches the batsman that he's going to get a wicket Mm-hmm. or in tennis the moment an ace leaves the racket of a server the server knows that this is going to be a ra- an ace so i always believe that the person himself knows when he is doing something wrong or doing something fantastic and therefore one has to constantly judge and that's very fascinating because to me working with some of the top athletes what i realized is visualization is so important like i have seen athletes they can exactly visualize 
a golf shot 510 feet long and it will land between 505 to 507 take three bounces forward and two backwards to stop exactly there and i just went crazy looking at the margin of error and how they visualize so thank you for elaborating on that so how do you win big what's a big secret for you i think uh, it's not about how do i win big but i would believe that when everyone wins company wins consumer wins environment most important wins and uh, when the win is sustainable as in you know that uh, you're winning in such a way that you'll win again tomorrow because you're not spoiling anything in your process of victory mm -hmm. so that that's really a complete win a big win okay so three to seven words on what is key turning uh, so what is the key to turning a business around uh find out what needs change and without compromising change them and one reason companies fail to win big uh they refuse to change got it love that so when hiring what is the one trait that is most important to you in a future leader, somebody who you're grooming to take over your job in future for you to evolve more? Uh, ability to listen and empathize. Okay. You know, most leaders rule out some obstacles from their mind. Okay? Top athletes I've worked with, the word no is not a word in their dictionary. Is there a word that's not in Shubhrata's dictionary? Hmm, you've got me there. It'll sound funny, but I would say uh, blind copy. Hmm. BCC. Got it. <clears throat> Love that. That connects to a lot of character you talked about being absolute truth. And I really appreciate connecting the dots there. So now if Shubrato in 2020 could go back in time and meet Shubrato just graduating from high school in 1982, don't ask me why. What one advice will you give that young Shubrato in 1982 getting ready for life ahead yeah this won't be right or wrong but i would say chase your dreams don't chase a job brilliant chase the dream not the job and yashubrata this kind of a success over all these years cannot be random which again means that there has to be a process. And I find that successful leaders all have processes. So what's the first thing, last thing on your work day, what you start, is there a ritual that you're comfortable sharing? Uh, it's not so much urgent about the first thing in the morning, but there is something which I do religiously at the end of the day. And I've been doing it for a long time, which is uh, I write down three things, hmm. which is uh, first I write down that uh, what did I do today, which was, uh, which is going to hopefully change the future of the company or the direction of the company, or which was path breaking. Hmm. And very often I have nothing to write and I feel sad. The second is I write down that, uh, what is it that would not have happened today if I would not have been there? This can be very mundane. Maybe I signed some documents, I signed something, I discussed something with someone. So the first one is to remind myself that I'm here to serve the larger purpose of the future vision and strategy of the organization. Mm -hmm. The second is to remind me that 
I'm not here only for the strategy. I have to also on a day-to-day basis keep accomplishing something or doing something which has to be much more than just signing a paper. And the third is most important. I write down that did I hurt anyone during the course of the day-to-day through my action or through my pursuit of change or anything else? And I make it a point the next day to go back and speak to them. If you were, could step into my shoes, what is one question you would have asked Shubhrata Dutta that I did not ask? Hmm. I would put it totally different, Arjun. In fact, I would have uh, liked to have been sitting here and asking Arjun Sen, the person I admire for his resilience, for his commitment, for his positive energy, that Arjun, what is your secret to winning big? Because you know everything, you know it, man. I mean, I have much more to learn from you than telling you about how to win big. Only humility which I feel at this point of time not physically, but virtually sitting in front of you. Yes, so to me, Shubhrata, there are two things now that you asked, and I think only it's fair. So one of those is, I always go back to a particular day in my life, which I think was very defining. It was September 1995, 32 years old, and my daughter was two years, three days old. When for the first time I got into, you know, my doctors you know, found out about my laryngeal cancer and my you know, colorectal cancer, you know, which is very rare to have. And I, I was trying to ask my doctors, like, I really want to know, like, is it serious or is it not? And when these doctors told me a very simple thing that Arjun is very serious, he may not see Christmas this year. And the first thing, Shubhrata, I don't know where it came from. It must be IIT or Patel Hall or somewhere. The words that came from my mouth is, if that is what it is, I am not paying your bills. And that day when I went to the car, I was not that upset about my cancer. I was more proud of who I am. And I could say that, like even after all these years. So I just feel that after that, every day in my life, the game has gone to overtime, which means that I already am ahead in life. So I just don't have to worry about positivity. I'm already ahead. And anything that comes to me is just like additional tips I should appreciate. And the second thing I've also put in a very simple ritual when I wake up in the morning every day, there are four things I focus on. One is life, sorry, health today. What can I do for my health today? Because if I don't put the first hour there, time there, it doesn't work. It could be little exercise, planning for food, or you know, thanking my doctors. Then I look at family today. So I really have appreciation for my wife. You know, sometimes she thinks it's crazy when I send her a text 5.30 in the morning. She just thinks I'm up to no good, which I always am. But I just want to appreciate. So to me, you know, you don't want to ever miss that opportunity. Third is business tomorrow, because I really feel I'm really good at the fourth thing, which is business today. But before I do that, I want to invest. But to me, positivity is always looking at, in my humble opinion, life taking to overtime. Hopefully, I've answered your question to satisfaction, because and I owe it to you, because you took a lot of time to answer my questions. It's awesome, Arjun. I, I really hope that you'll always stay the same awesome self that you are. And I, I, I know, God willing, you'll be here for many, many, many years more and delighting everyone around you. Thank you. Thank you. At least we are happy we are here. So, Shubhrata, this was absolutely amazing. 
So I want to first thank you for taking time today. I know in Hong Kong, it's really early. You woke up early on a weekend after a long week to do this. Truly appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you, Arjun. It's been a privilege being with you. So to me, this conversation with Subrata Dutta was very fascinating. Okay. You know, many a time leaders are about me, 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 and I, I just did not hear that much about I. And one of the things I really think Subrata said the whole tone about the conversation positivity at the very beginning by quoting the, Chinese, the challenge and opportunity are two sides of the same coin. Second, you know, just when you know, I fall into the trap of thinking I know everything about brand. Shubhato just really tweaked it a little bit by saying, yeah, at the core, yes, Arjun, it's all about the school, fun things, you know, the brand story, the purpose, intent altogether. But the brand means nothing if you don't have amazing people working in corporate and in the factories, all built together, hearts all aligned, you know, towards the purpose. And then how do you deliver on the experience consistently? So to me, a brand is not what we tell, that's part of the job, but what when the customer experiences the product and all the good karma, everything that goes there. You know, the third thing that I started, you know, really, I enjoyed that part is many a time when we join a new job, we really think that post interview, we have signed the contract, got the big bonus, blah, 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 everything, hallelujah. You know, now this is the time where honeymoon starts. Now, what Subrata showed me was the first 30 days takes patience. You have this magical power to see and observe things that nobody does. And that's what I really think the secrets to win big is seeing things what others do not see. And as Subrata said that the first 30 days you have those power and boom, it vanishes. But also what he showed was have little patience, get to know the organization. So after that, you have your chance. 30 to, 7, 30 to 100 days, those 70 days are when you act. And finally, the big aha to me was, and this to me has been a first time unique, is to be in a category, you have to take pride for the category. But Shubhrata talked about that not only when I gave a Fab India example, it touched his heart and he had to, he was excited and you know appreciated that. He appreciates every retail, every time, because I really feel that that was a huge aha was if you have to be in retail, you cannot fall in love with your company, Fab India or Samsonite alone. You have to fall in love with the whole category because that's what you live. That's what you breathe. And you know, people who work for somebody else will work for you tomorrow. So you just cannot have partial love. You love the category. So Shubrata, again, thank you for this incredible conversation. And I personally am taking a lot of nuggets and everybody who's, who, who, who are listening and will listen would love this. Again, all of you, thank you for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Odin Shen. And today, it was truly a pleasure and happy listening. Thank you, Shubrata. Thank you again. Thank you once again, Arjun. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, Brand Whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.